0: What's up, man? It's Craig Smith, the Rhino, former NBA player, NBC legend. Losing the ball, Smith has it. Puts it, bounce
1: puts past. The Craig Smith puts it down. Who's afraid of that big bad wolf?
0: My guy, Met a World Peace Pipe. Man, hell of a name. I'm not gonna lie to you. I want to shout out to the halftime basketball community. From Ease Even former Syracuse basketball player.
1: Meta World Peace Pipe. What's going down? It's the Big
0: Baller, baby. Yeah, I wanna give a shout out to the halftime community from the Big Baller himself. That's right. You guys keep it right and take, keep doing your thing. Cause Big Baller brand is in the building. And you know how we
1: get down. But anyways. Y'all do y'all thing, and we gonna do our thing. Cause big ballers gotta stick together. Again, shout out to the halftime
0: community. That's right, big ballers out, baby, and a holla. Welcome into another edition of the Halftime Community Podcast, and we have done it, ladies and gentlemen. We have made it. The long slog is over. The regular season is behind us. We have reached the playoffs, which means the play-in tournament. Not the play-in games, the play-in tournaments. So we got a play-in tournament this year along with our normal playoff schedule. Um, But before we get to all those matchups, start analyzing some of those things, instant reactions as we get through the games here, I do want to give out some end-of-the-season awards. The first award I want to give out this year, it's a special one. It's a tradition unlike any other, the annual Mike Tyson, My Back is Broken Award. I broke my back. What do you mean by that? broke- back is broken. What? A, a vertebrae or, or uh, what portion? Spinal. And this award is going to none other than Steph Curry. There could only be one. It is Steph Curry this year. He has carried that Warriors team just like the MVP caliber player he is. He's not gonna win the MVP award, but the fact that he's even top two or top three in the conversation this year just really shows you how valuable he's been to that Warriors team all year. So, shouts out to Steph Curry for putting that team on your back this season. Next up is the long-awaited George W. Bush Fool's Gold Award. There's
1: an old saying in Tennessee, I know it's in Texas, probably in Tennessee, that says, fool me once,
0: shame on, shame on you. It fooled me. We can't get fooled again. Wise words indeed. And this award is going to go to none other than the Boston Celtics. They really had us in the first half. They looked better coming down the stretch, and then they stumbled again. I really don't expect much out of the Boston Celtics in these playoffs. And if you're a Celtics fan, you're just hoping this doesn't carry over into next season. Next up is the long-awaited Joe Girardi Conversation or Confrontation Award.
1: Joe, conversation or confrontation? Next question. How about the optics of all this? Next question. Next question.
0: This highly regarded award is going to go to the Indiana Pacers coaching staff. You know, anytime you can get into a confrontation, physical or verbal, courtside with your own team, you just got to go for it. So Indiana Pacers, shout out to you. Next up, we have a new award. And this one's going to be named after a special guy in NBA history. This is the Kwame Brown, Becky with the Good Hair Award. So make it with the good hair. You go to your job. This award could only really go to one person. If you checked out the Hall of Fame enshrinement over the weekend, you got to see Tim Duncan and his luscious locks of hair. Tim Duncan's been doing something different with his hair recently. If you haven't checked it out already, I would definitely check that out. And if you haven't checked out Kwame Brown, or if you haven't thought about Kwame Brown in 10 plus years, I definitely recommend a quick YouTube search of what Kwame's been up to in the past week. It'll definitely be worth it. So on behalf of Kwame Brown and the association, I just want to give a shout out to Tim Duncan, one of the true professionals of all time, and a great set of hair on that guy. Last but certainly not least, we have the Jack Nicholson Memorial You Need Me On That Wall Award. Down in places you don't talk about at parties. You want me on that wall. You need me on that wall. There couldn't only be one. We've got to split this award. There's two deserving parties here. None better or worse than the other. First up, we got the Milwaukee Bucks and Giannis Antetokounmpo. The playbook has been out on them for a little while now in the playoffs. You form a wall around Giannis and the Bucks crumble. We'll see if they can flip that around, but for now, I think they're deserving of this award. And then next up, we have Stan Van Gundy. He may very well not live to see next season as a coach for the New Orleans Pelicans, so I definitely want to get him in here for awards season, and if you don't know, you don't know, but if you know, you know. Go on YouTube, search Stan Van Gundy, form a wall, consider yourself enlightened. All right, everybody. So I am back with Be Snoozy. Uh, I definitely wanted to get a podcast out there with the play-in tournament, a little bit of updates, some of the games that have been going on. Um, Officially right now, the Spurs and the Hornets are knocked out. So see you next year, Spurs and Hornets. No more LaMelo Ball. No more Greg Popovich, DeMar DeRozan. Uh, Maybe DeMar DeRozan played his last game in San Antonio, but we'll save that for the offseason. As of right now, The last couple play in games we have Memphis versus golden state for the final spot in the West and Indy versus Washington is going to be tonight for the final spot in the East. So out of those matchups, let's start with, um, Indiana Pacers, Washington wizards. If you had to make a pick right now, who would you pick out of those two teams?
1: Mm, That's, that's a tough one for sure. Um, Indiana struggled a lot this year. Um, but they looked really good against Charlotte, uh, and you know Washington is a little beat up. Beal's not 100. Um, percent But yeah, I, I I still think I like Washington. Um, I think if they can if they can figure out how to slow down Sabonis a little bit, maybe throw Gafford at him, um, maybe Alex Lynn, somebody's got a little more size, so he just can't dominate the paint. Um, I think they can they can still get it um, for sure with Russ and Beal. I just think stopping Sabonis is is going to be key. Um, and having Brogdon back helps him a lot for sure. Um, Malcolm came in and almost lit a fire for him, almost kind of. So um, I, I still like Washington, but I think it would be a good game.
0: Yeah, the indie thing really came out of nowhere. I think if, you know, you were to just take a straw poll before the playing tournament of the least exciting team and what the least um, people were expecting out of, I think the Pacers probably would have been right up there along with the Hornets. Um, so, you know, just coming out, and having that big game has really been – it was pretty crazy to see.
1: Oh, yeah. And I uh, i will say, though, if any – I don't know if you have any Charlotte fan listeners. Um, I, I, I know they're probably a little bit upset by that, and that was a bit embarrassing. But I, I think they need to be hopeful because, obviously, it, they weren't ready for that moment. You could tell. Um, But I think with their core guys of LaMelo Ball, Miles Bridges, PJ, Hayward – Rosier Graham, I think that's a really good place. And, you know, they were missing Hayward for most of the year and in this game. Um, and they'd played pretty well all year. I, th- I think going forward with that group, you know, if you can, you know, I think I think they have a really bright future. So, I Charlotte fans, I think you should be hopeful. Uh, I know that was a tough loss to take, but I think they'll be ready later down the line. And they just weren't ready
0: right now. But I think hope is a good thing to have. Yeah, the Charlotte, that's a good point. The Charlotte Hornets thing kind of reminds me. I'm not comparing LaMelo Ball to Luca because their games are a little bit different. And, you know, Luca's more of a score first guy as opposed to LaMelo, who kind of does distributes the ball and then scores a little as well. But it reminds me a little bit of when Luca first came into the league. He was the first, um, you know, named the starter. And he kind of went off a little bit and the Mavericks weren't expected to do much, but they exceeded expectations and ended up, you know, making the playoffs in the second year. So it reminds me a little bit of that where, you know, they're not a real contender yet, but they have those pieces in place to make a move eventually. Oh, yeah, that's like I said. Yeah, I think I think you should be hopeful. They weren't ready right now, but
1: with that group that all those names, um, I hope is definitely something you should be excited for for the future.
0: Yeah, and then another team that' surprised for sure definitely surprised me I can say is the Boston Celtics just coming out and Jason Tatum laying the smack down a little bit there. So Boston is officially in the playoffs they'll be playing the two seed Brooklyn Nets T- tough matchup for anybody that's got to go against the Nets but you know Celtics might be able to play them tough especially if Jason Tatum's able to continue his scoring streak. So what do you what do you see out of the Boston Celtics? Do you expect them to put up a fight at all, or is it going to be, you know, a gentleman's sweep?
1: Yeah, I um, I kind of was on the uh the side of they were done, um, and they were going to lose that game and have to um, you know, play again. But man, Tatum, I I don't know if he's you know a true number one yet, but on a like title team, but putting up 50 and a wouldn't need need to win game like you know I that was that was very impressive, and especially without Jalen brown um I think the key for them also is I know Jalen Brown's out, but when kemba's healthy, I think that is such a big factor because he was in and out all year, and we know what he can do when he's healthy. I think he's still a good guard to have when you know he's healthy. He's just when we saw that in that game, you know he he played really well and he had some big shots, but yeah Tatum's fifty that was that was definitely crazy. I don't know if they'll i think they won't beat Brooklyn, but they may be able to make it a series. Um, you know, if Tatum keeps doing they'll be in it um, for sure. But I, I think Brooklyn will be too much, but we'll see if, you know, Tatum can maybe get something going there for, for Boston.
0: Yeah, I do want to throw, before we get off of the Indiana Pacers and the Boston Celtics, I want to throw my off-season conspiracy theory at you. And this would have worked a little bit better if – The Celtics would have ended up losing and not even making the real playoffs. But as it is, let's say the Boston Celtics go out there, either get swept by the Brooklyn Nets or maybe they gentlemen sweep where they win one game, but then, you know, Brooklyn wins pretty handily the other four games. Do you think that Boston would be willing to move Brad Stevens? And the reason I'm bringing up the Pacers here is I really like the Pacers roster, which you mentioned. It didn't quite work with the new coaching staff they brought in. They were having fights on the sidelines. So it's clear that that coaching staff might not be the coaching staff for the core moving forward. If the Pacers called the Boston Celtics and Danny Ainge in the offseason, and they threw a couple of first-round picks and maybe a guy like TJ Warren at the Boston Celtics for the rights to Brad Stevens' coaching contract, do you think that could be a baseline for something moving forward? Yeah, I mean, I think
1: I think if if you make that call, I think they'll have to think about it um, for sure. Um, I just let me start by saying, though, when the Pacers had Nate McMillan, I think they that was they should have kept him. Like, I don't know why. I don't understand why they got rid of him. Um, And then you hire this guy, which, you know, nobody really knows anything about. Um, It doesn't seem like he has very good people skills, uh, you know, going with players and stuff like that. Um, I think Nate should still be the coach there, but, you know, he's doing great in Atlanta. So hopefully it will work that out. But yeah, as far as the Brad Stevens thing, I I know the Celtics have struggled and they may need like a change there. I don't know if they go that route, but yeah, I don't. Man, that's tough. I do, I do like the Pacers as well. Miles Turner, I like. Sabonis, I like. Brogdon, I like. They have a really good team. It's just you know they never seem to be able to make it. You know, get over that like out of the play-in, out of seven, eight, like any higher than that. Um, so I think the right coach could get them there, but yeah, I, if they make, I would probably be aggressive on that. You know, I haven't really thought about it that way, but, um, if I were in charge there, yeah, I'd be, I'd be trying to see if I can get any type of good coach, but I'm not sure if Stevens leaves. I mean, I think, um, that's definitely an interesting point, And, you know, I think it's, I think it's possible in the realm of possibility, but, uh, I don't know. I, that's tough. I, I do think the Pacers could benefit from having a guy like Brad though.
0: Yeah, normally I wouldn't. If it was just a random team like, you know, the Detroit Pistons or New Orleans Pelicans, I probably wouldn't bring that up. But the only reason I think it could be possible for both Brad Stevens listening and Danny Ainge listening is Brad Stevens is an Indiana guy. And, you know, the Pacers, I don't know if that's his dream job, but he's from Indiana. He ended up coaching Getting his big coaching gig, um, coaching Butler basketball oh, yeah. for the NCAA in Indiana. So there's that tie there, and I think he would be he would enjoy going back to Indiana, kind of getting a fresh start. Um, you know, Celtics hasn't gone so well the past couple of years. So that's just a conspiracy theory. Got to throw that throw it out there, get my take out there <laughs> before somebody else does. You know how it is. Oh yeah. Cool. Well, and then the rest of the matchups um, out in the East, first round. Um, it'll be Philly versus the winner of Indy versus Washington Wizards. So I really don't see either of those teams, whether it be the Wizards or Indiana Pacers, really making much of a series of it. You know, they could steal one, maybe two games at the most. But how do you see that going? Do you see it any differently? No, I,
1: I agree. I think, um, you know, if if it ends up being the Wizards, um, I think that's a really great storyline because you know Embiid and Westbrook don't always get along so that would be you know kind of a good little chippy match up there um but yeah I I think Philly has a fairly easy path to the uh East Finals because they're going to run into the winner of that uh four or five game probably too so um I think they have you know a pretty easy road and
0: they're gonna probably dominate that first round for sure yeah Philly is definitely one of the favorites uh probably Two of the most interesting matchups to me in the first round, the first of which being the New York Knicks versus the Atlanta Hawks. How do you see that series going? I'm picking the Knicks personally, the four seed over the five seed. Um, But if the Hawks were to get hot, it wouldn't shock me. I wouldn't be shocked at all. Um, If you had to pick one of those teams, who are you going with right now?
1: Yeah, that's tough. I I like both of those teams, um, and both for contrasting reasons. Obviously, Atlanta's a great offense. They put up a lot of points. You know, Trey Young, Trey Young is flashy. Um, you know they, and then the Knicks are kind of the opposite. Old school Tibbs. You know, lockdown defense. Um, slow the pace down. You know, um, and you know, win by playing defense. Um, I I do I would probably say the Knicks. Um, if I'm putting money on it or picking it. Uh, but I also I will say I think Atlanta has a pretty good shot. At, like I think they could, you know, if they get hot and they'll they're going to put up over 100 probably every game. So if they're up in the you know mid you know 120 130 range, they they might be able to get New York on that. Um, so I, I'll pick the Knicks, but I think it'll be a pretty good series.
0: Yeah, it's it's going to be interesting to see the Hawks in the playoffs. Um I'm interested, especially interested. I expect some at least a couple of the first games to be close towards crunch time. So it'll be interesting to see can the Hawks lock down on defense, get some stops if they need to. I think that's kind of the deciding factor which you mentioned there.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. It's just it'll be fun to watch because it's kind of the best things going at it. Like, you know, Atlanta's best thing is offense. They're going to go up against New York's best thing, which is defense. So it'll Definitely one of the more interesting series and, you know, some new faces. So that'll be be fun to see.
0: Yeah, I'm just excited that we can actually have some fans in the stands at least. And, you know, there'll be some fans at Madison Square Garden, which is in the playoffs. I'm sure however many thousand fans are going to be there, um, they're going to be plenty loud. So I'm excited to watch that series. And then the next series, this is the one if I had to pick a most interesting series in the first round for me out of the East, I would pick this one. Uh, Milwaukee versus Miami and Mm -hmm. Miami is pretty much in the same situation they were in last year going into the bubble I think they were a five seed maybe last year but now they're a six seed in the middle of the eastern conference but you just you just can't count them out with Jimmy Butler Bam Adebayo they've got the shooters there so how do you see Milwaukee versus Miami playing out this year yeah yeah it's
1: definitely this will be fun you know rematch of uh Milwaukee's probably upset about last year. Um, they got they got smoked pretty good. Um, but no, Milwaukee is is one of my favorites in the East. I know everybody says Brooklyn and uh, Philly, but I actually like Milwaukee a lot. Adding Drew Holiday, he's he is so underrated. Um, he does a lot on both ends of the floor, and he's just a great player. Um, and uh, Middleton and Giannis, we know about. Um, I that's tough. I know Butler and you know the Heat culture. They they definitely do some great things, and they they'll come out of nowhere and you know make some noise. I I think I'm still going Milwaukee there. Um, I think eventually Giannis is gonna take that step, and he's gonna have some playoff success, and I think it could be this year. Um, and you know Miami's had a lot of struggles. I know they figured it out a little bit. Um, but I think uh I think Milwaukee's gonna be too strong for them in the end
0: uh, this year. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see, especially with Milwaukee. The playbooks kind of been out on them the past couple years. They have done some different things in their offense this year, though, kind of under the radar. Now that Giannis already got his back-to-back MVPs and they had a few flameouts in the playoffs, so I think they'll, or I hope at least, just from an enjoyment standpoint, that they'll switch up their game plan a little bit and you know not just run everything through Giannis and they act Drew Holiday like you mentioned now. So that'll be interesting matchup. You're going with Milwaukee. Is that right?
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I just—they're probably one of my favorites. Um, Giannis is probably, other than Westbrook, he's probably my favorite superstar now, as far as the newer guys. Um, and I just, yeah, I, I'll take the Bucks.
0: Okay. Yeah, I'm going Heat. I just want to see an interesting series, though. So either <laughs> oh, way, yeah. completely good with me. So that kind of rounds out the East first round matchups. Um, let's head out West. First of all, that Lakers Golden State game last night watched it coming down the stretch um how did you feel about that game overall
1: I mean that was crazy man I Curry was doing his thing that that he had that shot right before half that I was just like you know you know he's a great shooter but then he still does stuff like that and you're like oh my gosh like this guy um you know and when LeBron went down you know I I, I'm gonna be honest I, I thought it was a tad bit soft um a little bit but um you know, I think he got poked in the eye more than anything and that was probably bugging him and then he hit that crazy three with like a minute left. And man, um yeah, that was a great game for sure. Um I I think the Lakers are ready and they looked pretty good and um yeah, well, you know,
0: I I do like Phoenix though.
1: I I'm not sure how that's going to work, but I think I like Phoenix.
0: Yeah, Lakers going up against Phoenix. Phoenix, you know, they you get you get this great season out of nowhere. You add Chris Paul and all of a sudden you're a top 2 seed and what is your what is your gift for that? You get to play the Lakers, the defending <laughs> champions in the first round. Oh yeah. Yeah, so, I think yeah. that'll
1: be a good one. The Lakers may end up coming out of that, but
0: I I like Phoenix. I think it'll be a good series. Yeah, I'm going to honestly if I had to pick right now, I know everybody's going to go Lakers because they just won last night, but I'm going to go Phoenix. I I think They're just going to be more consistent over a seven-game series. If it was a one-game play-in scenario, you know, March Madness style, I'd probably go Lakers, but being a seven-game series, I just don't see AD didn't look great last night. LeBron didn't look great. Obviously, he had the clutch shot, but overall games, they just didn't bring it like I thought they might, and some of that's, you know, just rounding into form, coming off injuries, but... I think Phoenix is going to take it this year, and they're they're going to end up having a deep run.
1: Oh yeah, I honestly, if I I for rooting interest, I I kind of hope Phoenix gets it. That'd be it'd be nice to see a new uh new team in here. Um, not that I hate LeBron or anything. I just you know I I really like Phoenix, and I think they're a good team. Now we we'll, I think the big factor is you know Booker's first year in the playoffs, so we got to see how he kind of handles that. Um, you know, and LeBron's gonna he's that guy that you know. He does so much scouting. He knows about everybody. Like He's going to make sure that you know everybody's in the right spot and they're not going to let somebody do anything crazy to them. But I, at, the end of, at the end of the day, I,
0: at the, I just think it's going to be a good series. Yeah, for sure. And it, it's going to be tough. If you were in the audio rooms last night, a lot of the Lakers fans, we had to tell them to step off the ledge. Um, there's a lot of panicking going on. I think Frank mm-hmm. Vogel got fired at halftime. Uh, LeBron got <laughs> traded at halftime, so there's a lot going wrong for the Lakers and the Lakers fans right now. Until they ended up winning, and then you know they come out of the woodwork, but that's oh, yeah. that's how it is. You gotta love Lakers fans.
1: <laughs> yeah, for sure. You know, it's it's kind of like Westbrook. You know, when they're doing well, they're all praising them, and then you know they're messing up a little bit. They're no, no, I, I'm not with the Lakers, no. It's, <laughs> but, uh, yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah. yeah, so we'll see. That will be an interesting matchup. You've got the Banana Boat crew. You've got LeBron versus Chris Paul in the first round. I'm excited to watch that one. And then we've got um, San Antonio's officially out of the playoffs. They got beat by Memphis. It was a close game towards the end. DeMar DeRozan just really, really struggled, um, but Memphis ended up pulling that out. So we've got Memphis versus Golden State. For the rights to the last playoff spot in the West, who do you have coming out of that matchup?
1: Yeah, um, I I like Golden State in that matchup. Um, you know, they they I actually picked them to win last night, um, and they were really close. Uh, but you know, LeBron hit that shot, and that was in. But um, going back to the Grizzlies, I will say this before I get back into the Warriors uh, Grizzlies matchup. I last year, we remember last year, they they were up seven on Portland, and uh, you know they choked at the end and it looked like they weren't ready um kind of like a hornet situation and, you know they got eliminated but this year they kind of looked ready for it you know um Valentinus was great for them uh java stepping up and one guy i want to mention a lot is uh dylan brooks i i've always liked him but he he sold me last night um you know he he's he's really aggressive he's he brings that fire every game um he plays both ends of the floor which i like um no, he's he's a little bit aggressive and he gets foul happy sometimes. Uh, I think he had like three or four last night. Um, and then he he did foul out like a couple games ago. Um, but other than that, I, I I love that Dylan Brooks guy. Man, he's he's good for them. But yeah, um, as far as Golden State and uh, Memphis, I think it'll be good. But I think Curry will be too much, and I'll take Golden State for that eight spot.
0: Yeah, I'm glad you brought up Dylan Brooks and. His game, um, his overall all-around game, offensively and defensively. I've watched him, you know, since he was in college at Oregon, and he was the same way there. He he was their leading scorer, I think, at Oregon, but he wasn't like lighting it up every night. He just came every night to play. He can shoot it. He can go the basket. He plays offense and defense, and that's kind of the mentality that the overall Grizzlies team has had for the past decade, and they're kind of continuing it now. So it's good to see that. One thing I definitely look for in the playoffs with young players looking to make that leap to superstardom is when it's a close game in the final four or five minutes or so, you know, are they going to fold? Are they going to shy away from the ball? And John Morant, I got to give him credit. Um, In the last five minutes, I was watching it pretty closely and he scored or assisted on most of their buckets inside of five minutes. So. You got to give it up to John Morant. He's not afraid of the moment. And then Valanchunas was just a monster for them. So whoever comes out of that, whether it be Golden State or Memphis, to play Utah in the first round, I think it's going to be a tough matchup. Not necessarily go seven games, but I wouldn't be shocked if the underdog ends up coming out of that series.
1: Yeah, this is, this is probably one of those rare years where you see – the lower seed, maybe having a chance, or really good chance to win it. Um, Usually in the NBA, it's the higher seeds always win and stuff like that. Um, But, yeah, the Grizzlies impressed me a lot. Um, You know, Valanchunas, you know, they've been – they're usually iffy with their minutes. Like, you know, sometimes Val will see 30. Sometimes he'll see 20. Um, They're kind of all over the place with that. But I think if he plays like he did last night and he's able to run that much time consistently – they'll they'll definitely be a threat. Um I think I do job ja was great. He was he was great last night. I'm not taking anything away from him. All, you know, South Carolina guy got to represent. <laughs> but mm-hmm. um I just one thing that concerns me about his game is his shooting a little bit. Um he's got a he's got to kind of figure that out because, you know, the it gets kind of crowded in there during the playoffs. Um so you got to kind of find a way to get your your buckets and your points. Um so I think if he can improve that, he'll go a long way in making strides to be in for that grizzlies team but um yeah that'll that one eight i i think utah might be in trouble either way for sure
0: yeah the you mentioned it with jaw shooting for sure you know, a lot of his buckets came in that sort of in-between area where he'd drive around whoever was guarding him and get in the paint and kind of do an in and out dribble and that's just not going to work when you have rudy gobert protecting the rim <laughs> okay. um, he's going to be there he's going to be eating up all those shots unlike the The Spurs weren't able to do last night, but Rudy Gobert will be for sure. So that could be a tough matchup for the Grizzlies, like you mentioned. And then next up, we have um, the four and five seed Los Angeles Clippers versus Dallas Mavericks, a rematch again of last year's playoffs. Last year, the Mavericks gave it a good run. Uh, Kristaps Porzingis ended up getting hurt, and that kind of tanked their chances. But how do you see this first-round series going? If you had to make a pick right now, who are you picking?
1: Yeah, um, I'm taking, I'm taking the Clivers. Um, I don't love what they have, and I don't know that they make,
0: you know, a championship run
1: this year, but, you know, Dallas, I think, is still a few pieces away. Um, Luke is great, obviously, but he's got, I mean, he has the ball, like, every play. They got to get somebody else to help him. Um, I did like the Porzingis ad, you know, when it happened, but he's been so injury prone, and he's kind of turned into, like, a almost like a little bit better version of Baratons where he's hanging out in the perimeter, shooting a lot. Um, he's kind of not – he's trying not to get hurt, you know. Um, but, yeah, I think the Clippers would be too much. Uh, PG Kawhi have been great this year. Um, they should start getting everybody back. Um, yeah,
0: I, th- I think this will be pretty, pretty easy for L.A. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right on Dallas. Probably at least another year away from being a true contender – Porzingis is going to be the key. We said this last year as well, but Luca's going to do Luca things. We're all going to be amazed. He's going to put up big numbers, high usage rate, all that stuff. We already know that. But if Porzingis can give him you know, 20, 20 and 10 every night and be there on the floor, be consistent, that can really go a long way for the Mavericks. But Los Angeles Clippers, this is a stat. I think a lot of people don't realize about them when they think about the Clippers and Kawhi and Paul George's game as a team, the Los Angeles Clippers led the NBA in three point percentage and they shot over 40% as a team. And, you know, if an individual shoots over 40%, we think that's a really good number. But the fact that the entire team shot over 40%, that's pretty impressive to me. So I got to go Clippers here.
1: Oh yeah. That's, that's, that's pretty amazing. Um, and that's, that's the recipe now. I mean, you know you still want to get your easy ones when you can but if you shooting a three ball is everything so um if you can't shoot you're you're almost dead i mean like that Spurs Grizzlies game like it was fun you know to almost reminisce like an old old school 90s game you know cuz the Spurs are high mid range you know team and the Grizzlies get a lot of the basket but like at the end of the day if you don't shoot it you know you're you're going to be in some trouble so yeah i think the clippers
0: are going to be pretty dangerous for that number there yeah, and that'll set up a pretty interesting second-round matchup if that ends up happening. Um, and then we've got Denver versus Portland. Um, what do you, How do you see this series going? Denver is the favorite as the three seed, but we all know Jamal Murray is not going to be there. I don't know if that's a plus or a minus because they've been playing really well ever since Jamal Murray went out. You know, no dig to him, but sometimes it just works that way. It gave Michael Porter more, Michael Porter Jr. more opportunities, more shots, um, which he'll definitely have a lot of opportunities and shots in this first round series. Um, Portland plays zero defense, so we'll see a lot of high scoring affairs. How do you see this first round series going? Is Jokic and company gonna take it, or is it gonna be Dame time again?
1: Man, this is this is probably the most difficult one to pick because. You know Murray's out, but they've still been playing really well. So it's like, you know, is that even a, really a factor? Um, and then you know you got Portland, who's got Dame, uh, CJ. You know they don't they're not a great defensive team. You know it, for all those betters out there, I I would probably stay away from this one. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I man, I uh, my mind says Denver. Um, Jokic has been amazing this year. He's been really durable. Um, he's going to be the MVP. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if it goes either way. You know, Lillard has shown he can show up, um, you know, in a rematch of the West Finals from a few years ago. Yeah, I, I'll i reluctantly take Denver.
0: Um, this one's pretty tough to pick, but I wouldn't be surprised either way. Yeah, this one, if you're betting, I don't know what they set the over under on, but I'd definitely take the over probably every single game. Um, you've got... Two teams that don't mind putting up points and don't play a ton of defense. Denver's been better defensively than I think people realize, but they're not exactly the defensive stalwarts. Um, And then inside five minutes, Jokic, if you watch the playoffs last year, Jamal Murray got a lot of the press, but Jokic was super clutch for them in the playoffs. He would make either the shot or the pass that got them a bucket when they needed it. So, I think I would go with you here. I'm gonna go Denver, but it's gonna be an exciting series nonetheless. Oh yeah, definitely definitely the hardest one to pick and I wouldn't be surprised either way. Yeah, and then rounding out, I think we already talked about Phoenix versus Los Angeles, but you're going Phoenix here as well.
1: Yeah, I'll take Phoenix there. Um I know the Lakers are healthy again and you know they're gonna be the popular pick and uh they're definitely a contender when they're healthy. Um I just Phoenix has really impressed me this year and I think that you know they'll be able
0: to get it done. Yeah, for sure. So, updating the overall picks, if you had to pick a finals team from the West, finals team from the East, are who are you going with right now?
1: Ooh, that's tough. Um, in the East, I'll take uh I'll take Milwaukee. Um, I really like what they have. Um, and if they if they do end up eventually running into Brooklyn, which they probably will, Um, I think they actually are the one team that can probably defend them because, you know, you have Drew Holiday, who's a great defender, you know, slap him on Kyrie or James Harden. Middleton's a good defender. Put him on whichever one Holiday's not on. And then you have Giannis, who's like, you know, you're never going to guard Kevin Durant. But like if there was going to be somebody that would have a chance, wouldn't it be Giannis? They're about the same size. He's a great defender anyway. You know, Um, I I really like Milwaukee uh, coming out of the East. Um and the West is so tough to pick. I think it's going to be all over the place. Um, you know, man, I would probably say uh, for me right now it's between uh, man Phoenix and uh Phoenix and the Clippers probably. Um, you know, I man, I'll, I'll go ahead and take
0: Phoenix. I'll, I'll do it. You know, hot take here. Give me Phoenix, Phoenix, Milwaukee in the finals. I like it. And I think, you know, out of the West, which you mentioned, that's definitely the harder side to pick. You know, both sides have contenders, but the West, I don't know if there's a team left that and I'll, I'll leave Memphis out. But every other team except them, if they made the finals, I wouldn't be, you know, completely shocked. Yeah, exactly. It's it's
1: pretty much unpredictable. Um, you know, Lakers are going to be a popular choice, but it's it's up in the air. I mean, it's kind of take your pick. So, um, you know, I, I'll, I'll stick with my gut here. I've been staying in Phoenix for weeks now. Um, I'm going to stay home on
0: that. and I'll go to, with the Suns. I like it. And a subject I've heard um, a few times now that I want to get your take on is who has the most to gain from these playoffs and then who? Similarly, who has the most to lose? So a lot of the names mentioned here um, being the Clippers, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. Um, Chris Paul for sure is up there. A lot of people have said James Harden, maybe Brad Stevens. So who has the most to win? Who has the most to lose here?
1: Yeah, um, I think if we're talking about the East, um, I think, you know, you have to mention Philly. Um, They haven't made the conference finals with this duo yet. Um, and you know, they got really close against Toronto and then that, you know, shot bounced on the rim a hundred times and dropped. <laughs> um, you know, I think they they have a lot on the line here um, as far as going forward with those two. Um, Milwaukee's another one. You know, they added Drew Holiday. You you made it better. Um, and Giannis is, you know, you got to get over the hump there with Giannis and this crew. Um, I think those are the two teams you got to mention for that uh, in the East. Uh, in the West, yeah, it's I think the Clippers are to mention um, Kawhi, I believe he can leave after this year, um, I think, if he wants. I'm not sure what the book is on that, um, but I think it's important for them to try to get it done this year. Or, you know, they might be in trouble because they, they mortgaged everything to bring those two together and try to run, get a run for a title. Um, I think, yeah, the Chris Paul thing is, is tough, too. You know, he's you know, everyone says he's. You know, a choker. He has a history of not getting it done um, in the playoffs. And he can kind of prove everybody wrong this year with that. So, yeah, I think we're going east. I would say, you know, Joel Embiid, 76ers, uh, and then Giannis in Milwaukee. And then West, I'll go with Chris Paul and the Suns and uh,
0: Kawhi and Paul George with the Clippers. Yeah, Kawhi. Kawhi is in an interesting position because he already has the rings. And he can, you know, basically, if he does nothing else for his career, he can, you know, at least rest on that. Paul George, on the other hand, definitely needs a finals run or a ring, preferably, but at least a finals run um, on his name to kind of clear his name of that pandemic P, playoff P, (laughs) mocking scenario. So I, I like that pick. And a lot of people, when you initially ask this question, they say James Harden in Brooklyn. And I I just I don't buy into that at all, because the thing to me with James Harden is even if the Nets go through the playoffs and they kind of run through the playoffs, they're healthy. um, They end up winning a ring as the most talented team. People are just going to say, you know, it's a Mickey Mouse ring. Uh, They never would have won if they didn't have three superstars. They needed James Harden needed Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving on his team to get it done. So what does I mean, does he really gain that much? from winning a championship obviously you want a championship over not having one but does he really have that much to gain or you know that's kind of how I see that what do you think about that
1: yeah that's that's interesting and I'm certainly not the most um I'm not the biggest fan of of James Harden um but I yeah I just there's so much they're the favorites so it's hard to like say you know there's a ton of pressure or you know It'll get the monkey off his back if he gets the title um, because they're so heavily favored. Um, but, yeah, I I think a title would be good for him overall in his career. Um, every, I mean, there's already people saying, you know, I've heard guys on ESPN or, you know, other people say he's the most prolific scorer we've ever seen in the games. Um, you know, I think I've heard Stephen A. say that. So, I, I mean, it's, you know, it's it's tough. I, I'm not the biggest fan of the guy, but I think a title would be good for him for sure. Uh, and, you know, get, you know, and people are always going to say something. So, you know, I just go good. Go get your ring. Be happy with it. You're an NBA player, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so,
0: yeah. Yeah. And rings are are weird. Uh, a lot of people come at Kevin Durant right now for his Golden State rings and they're not real rings, whatever the case may be. Um, but I think, you know, when we're looking back at his career after he retires, people aren't going to say that as much. They might say it, you know, a lot right after he retires. But, you know, the farther you get away from that, the less people are going to say that. And they just see the championships for what they are. So I think that applies to James Harden as well. Of course, you want a championship. um, But in the moment, it's really not going to matter that much because people are just going to say it's a fake ring. So there's not a ton of pressure there for James Harden.
1: Oh, yeah. I'm I'm not the biggest KD guy either. But, you know, I think it's hard to find a standard, you know, because, like, some people put immense uh, you know, what's the word? Um, like an immense uh, amount of value on a ring, and you know, some people think, you know, oh, a ring it's not or it's not that important. So it's kind of hard to standard that out. Um, it's kind of just an opinion. But um, yeah, I, th- KD, I think KD just, you know, he he's just got to stick with his choices. I think it's the biggest problem I ever had with him. You know, he goes over to Golden State, you know, and then he gets all upset because people on Twitter are coming at him. And, uh, you know, and then he goes to Brooklyn and people are still coming at him. It's, you know, if you're making the choices, man, just, you know, just stick with it. And, you know, that's your choice. and You made it and you just got to own it. And, you know, you know, why are you getting mad at, you know, Average Joe on Twitter, you know, (laughs) talking to some smack. So I just just play ball and, you know, you'll be good, man.
0: Yeah, that's that's some odd behavior for sure. I thought he was going to be pretty well behaved in Brooklyn. Um, it looked like, you know, he was kind of staying off the social media out of the limelight for a little bit. And then, of course, that whole thing with Michael Rappaport comes out and it's all back to square one with KD. If he could just stay off social media, hire somebody to do that for him, I think he'd be a lot better off. But it's a little too late for that.
1: <laughs> yeah, that 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 stuff with uh, Rapaport was definitely a little rough. Um, but yeah, I just... I think he cares too much about what people think. And that's the beauty of social media, too. You can kind of, like, defend yourself. But I think, you know, if every average show in the world is coming at you, you just got to kind of ignore that and, you know, play ball and win your rings. And, I mean, he's one of the most famous people on earth. So, I mean, not too much to complain about there. So,
0: he'll be good. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And you talked about the weight. people put on championships and rings when we're looking back at people's legacies. And that, that made me think of the hall of fame talks. Um, We had the enshrinement this past weekend, one of the best classes ever, you know, you had Tim Duncan, KG and Kobe Bryant, all in the same class as well as some others. Um, But one of the best classes ever. And then every time the enshrinement comes up, people always bring up some names of who should be considered, who should not be considered. And one of the names brought up was Robert Horry. And this one was a little bit shocking to me. Um I understand the seven championships and clutch shots and all that, but we really that that's just taking it too far for me. What's your take on that as far as Robert Horry being considered for the Hall of Fame? Yeah, um I that's tough for
1: sure because you know, he's a popular um argument pick when people talk about championships you know they're like oh he's got seven and all this um yeah i that's definitely tough um i know with i think a bigger thing is with bringing that up is the whole hall of fame thing because you know it's the basketball hall of fame and i always tell this to everybody i talk to about it i think the nba should have their own because you know i think that would make it a little bit better and you know it's not like because I think the way it is now, you can. It's almost like less of a less of requirements, I guess, for lack of a better word, to get in. So I mean, I think more people are seeing are getting in. Um, and personally, I just I think the state I think the requirements should be a lot more like rigorous, and you should have like, um, you know, you should be no doubter, like you know, there should be no doubt in people's mind. Um, and that's I, I heard a lot of people talking about Ben Wallace as well as like kind of like you know he got in and people were saying that was kind of a shocker. They didn't think he was going to be a Hall of Famer. So, yeah, I just um Ori I don't think he gets in. I mean, he might. I I wouldn't be surprised if he did if with this whole setup, the way it's set up now. Um but um yeah, I always like bringing up the whole idea of an, the NBA having its own Hall of Fame. Um I think that would solve a lot of that. Um and yeah, as far as Ori goes, I, I, yeah, I don't Personally if I had it 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 was up to me I would say no
0: but I guess we'll see. Yeah, and you brought up Ben Wallace. To me that again that that is just taking it too far. I love Ben Wallace and I love his game and he'll be remembered as a great defensive player and a winning player for the Pistons, but you can't put a guy that never averaged over 10 points a game in the NBA in the in the basketball Hall of Fame unless, you know, he had a great overseas career or something. And Ben Wallace definitely didn't. I love Ben Wallace, love the championships. You know, Detroit Pistons fans love him, and he's a beloved player. But that doesn't necessarily mean we need to put him in the Hall of Fame.
1: Oh, yeah, I mean, great defensive player. Um, You definitely want him on your side. You know, I love those 2000s, early 2000s Pistons teams. Um, But, yeah, I a lot of people thought that was – um. A little bit much for sure um i i think what really got him in was the accolades uh for sure um you know four time all star six time all defense i think he was um, he won defensive player of the year several times so I, I i think it was the accolades that ultimately got him in, and then you know he had a couple he had a t- championship um but yeah i i think I always mention this, and i I'll say it again i I think the NBA just needs their own hall of fame. So it would be a little more like prestigious and you need, you know, it's gotta be like more of a no doubt situation in my mind, um, instead of more of a wide range, which is the basketball hall of
0: fame. Yeah, I I totally agree there. I think Chris Weber got announced that he's going to be a hall of famer, which I, I don't hate, you know, Chris Weber was a great player. And when you account for the college impact he had as well as, for the Fab Five, I think he definitely deserves to get in. So that's kind of my 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 bar of the lowest amount. Uh, you know, I would kind of let into the Hall of Fame if I were running it. Um, but that's a that's a whole can of worms. I just want to <laughs> point out for everybody too, Robert Horry. If you're gonna consider Robert Horry, I'm gonna put a modern day you know kind of spin on this. Danny Green, that's a name of a guy that might end up having a similar career to Robert Robert Horry in terms of championships, points, kind of roles on teams. So if you're going to put Robert Horry in and you're going to say Robert Horry is a Hall of Famer for sure, then make sure that you're okay with Danny Green getting into the Hall of Fame. And I like Danny Green. He's a good success story, a guy that came from the G League. I think he was a second-round pick or undrafted. Um, ended up you know battling his way onto rosters and he was on some bad Cavaliers teams at the very beginning and he ended up being a championship player and a role player on a lot of championship teams but if we're going to put Robert Horry in we got to consider guys like Danny Green too so just think about that well yeah 100% agree that's
1: that's a great point um not much to add there that's just that's a very good point
0: for sure yeah it'll be interesting um the the NBA Hall of Fame or the Basketball Hall of Fame, I should say, definitely could use an overhaul. Do I think they'll ever do it? No. Um, kind of like the Baseball Hall of Fame, I don't think they'll ever touch it just because you don't want to mess with the past and all those sorts of things. It opens up a whole can of worms if you're going to take people out or put them in different tiers, whatever they're going to do. Um, I don't think they'll ever end up doing it, but could definitely use some tweaking there. But going into the playoffs, I do want to get a hot take. If you have one, if not, no big deal. But do you have a hot take that you've been brewing on um, going into this first round of the playoffs?
1: Mm. Yeah, Um. you know, I think my hot take really is is the Phoenix take. Um. You know, I know they're the two seed, but they're not going to be favored against the Lakers um, or anybody they really play. And, you know, we're, this is the first year we're going to be seeing of Booker and Aiton. So I, I think that is kind of my hot take. And I, the other one I also mention, I think I mentioned it a little bit earlier. Um, Utah and whoever they run into, I think will actually be really close. And I think Utah might end up losing, um, but you know, it, it's going to depend on, you know, Donovan Mitchell's health. We'll see what that happens with that.
0: Um, but yeah, I think, I think they might be in some trouble if they're not careful. Yeah, I think for sure. Um, Utah, You feel good about them if you're a Jazz fan, but you don't feel completely comfortable as, you know, even in the first round that we're going to get through the first and second round. So it's going to be tough for any team out West. Uh, My my hot take from last night, and it aged a little poorly now, but I just want to get it out there for the masses, is last night was the Juan Toscano-Anderson game. LeBron is definitely handing the torch over to Juan Toscano-Anderson, and he's going to (laughs) be... carrying the league moving forward so um <laughs> just just keep that in the back of your minds who said it first where you heard it first um you got it here first Oh
1: uh, man, i i do like Juan, man yeah he, he's he's impressed me um i didn't you know when he first came out i was like man who, who the hell is this guy but um he's he's had a nice season um you know another guy actually now you say hot take that comes to mind is tj mcconnell man that guy is he's been all over the place um He's in your face, picking up 94 feet. Um, You know, he's getting steals. He's an energizer for that team. And he's he had a really good season this year. Um, If you haven't been paying attention to Indiana, he's he's had a really great. Yeah. And uh, he did have a he had a triple double this year with steals. Uh, He had 10 steals in a game. Uh, So he's had a really good season.
0: Yeah, definitely. It'll, it'll be interesting to see some new players in the playoffs, get some playoff chops on them. Uh, guys like TJ McConnell, hopefully we'll get to see a little bit more of him. Um, awesome. Well, thanks, man. Thanks for coming on. Uh, we'll definitely update this as we go through the playoffs. Um, but thanks for coming on, as always. Oh, yeah.
1: All right. I really appreciate you having me on, and I enjoy it. It's
0: awesome. They get it to
1: call Caldwell. Pope almost lost it. Shot clock at 7. James, two defenders on him, to Caldwell Pope inside, he's tied up by Green, throws it back up top, James puts up the three. Oh, it's gone! LeBron James from downtown as the shot clock expires!
0: Well, that is going to do it, folks. Another episode in the books of the Halftime Community Podcast. Happy playoff season. I'm going to keep it short and sweet here. Happy playoff season. I hope to see you all in the next episode. I'll see you in those audio rooms. And thanks again. Download, review, subscribe. Five stars preferred. But you know, I'll accept a four star review here and there. Download, subscribe, review. Thank you all. And I'll see you on the next episode.